0: Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the EKN Debrief. This is episode number 69. It is Tuesday, October the 7th, 2020. Uh, my name is Rob Howden, joined uh, by David Cole. Uh, I'll be doing mo- most of the detailing here as I'm talking about the Supernat Shootout from Speed Sports Racing Park in Houston, Texas. The event that I attended this past weekend, of course, David was trackside at the Cup Karts North America Grand Nationals for at Newcastle Motorsports Park. But I was, yeah, I was down in beautiful weather. We'll talk more about that. Let's get into this uh, show, this particular week's show, presented by uh, Acceleration Kart Racing. Acceleration Kart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. They have a great website for you to order from, and kart racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of kart racing under their belts, Acceleration Kart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on the track. You can rely on them to get the parts you need when you need them. Make acceleration kart racing your go-to source for everything karting. All right, David Cole, let's jump into this with The overview of the Supernat Shootout. Of course, the event taking place the opening weekend of October, October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th down at Speed Sports Racing Park, that fantastic facility just north of Houston, Texas, in New Caney. Alan Rudolph, of course, has his uh, racing academy there. Uh, a Completely paved paddock. Uh, the track, 15 turns, uh, uh, just a tremendous track in, in and of itself. Uh, but, uh, David, as you know from obviously posting up the the, uh, the announcement for the event, this race was essentially designed as a tune-up for the SCUZA Super Nationals, running all the National Supercars USA categories that we would have had in Las Vegas. And uh, actually, uh, Al Rudolph working with Tom Kutcher from SCUZA to get entry packages for everyone. The idea was you go tune-up at, up, up at Speed Sports, go to the Super Nats, and if you won there, you get entries to go to the super nets it, 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 on paper <laughs> pre-covid or non-covid fantastic idea.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, that's essentially what it is. It was, uh, you know, on paper, it's a, it's a great idea, you know, um, going into September, it was still somewhat of a great idea. Um, as September, September, uh, came in and, and super nets was, was indeed canceled for, for Las Vegas, uh, you know, things kind of, have, um, have kind of swin you know, went downhill, not downhill, but, you know, just sideways sideways. Yeah. I guess that's a good yeah. way of saying, it. I mean, the whole season has been sideways and really 2020 is, is not the perfect time to introduce a new karting event because the, the schedule has just been so, uh, upside down because, you know, you look at, we're going to the USPKS finale next weekend and that's typically done in the end of July. So yeah. Uh, it didn't begin till July. So a lot of things are upside down. Uh, you know, we saw a lot of one-off events such as the Rock Island Grand Prix, the uh, Quincy Grand Prix, you know, the, the four-cycle shootout in Canada. A lot of one-off events that just didn't have a footing yet or didn't have the ability to be held are, are getting canceled. You know, obviously um, things are different when you go to an actual racing facility such as Speed Sports that has been Essentially open for the majority of the time during the early COVID um, um, pandemic, and and has been able to to host at least you know practice laps and and sessions, and then eventually got into racing. But um, you know the concept is there, and and that's the, the the great thing about this is is there's plenty of room for growth.
0: Well, the focus with, with Alan was, hey, listen, you know what? We, we have a fantastic facility down there. Everybody down the track would say that they're just. They want to get a national event. And at this point, the national event has not been brought yet to the track. Now, we're hearing rumors that potentially they will have a one of the series will be heading to Speed Sports next year, which is exciting. But Alex said, I want to have a race. I want to put my own race on. Um, one of his racers from the track, Scott Ferguson from Ferguson Truck Center, stepped up and said, hey, listen, I want, to, I want to help make this big, too. Let's throw some money out there, see if we can get some people to come for some money. Uh, $20,000 was the initial amount that was put out. Uh, the numbers didn't. Get get high enough in the classes to go twenty thousand, but they still they still passed out fifteen thousand um, dollars. But the bottom line is, it's a full dedication of Alan and the crew to make this an annual race at Speed Sports. They want to have that race connected to the Supernats every year, which I think is fantastic. And as Alan said, David, I know that you guys were in much different weather <laughs> in the cold rain at Newcastle. October in in Houston is absolutely perfect, and it was David. Like I mean. the we saw some clouds, some some light clouds coming in to dot the skies on Sunday, Friday and Saturday. Blue sky, highs in the in the uh, in the high seventies, low eighties, and sunshine all weekend. It was it was chamber of commerce weather for sure. It was amazing.
1: So shorts, sunglasses,
0: a whole time, t shirts, yeah, cold yeah, it, right. it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean- That's
1: that's fine, you know that that's essentially what October weather should be in Texas. You know that's 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 what gets us in the northern part of the of the country down to the southern states. That's true. You know, starting in October and basically all the way to the end of March. Um, No, that's that's great. That uh, you know, because you never know. Obviously, with uh, a hurricane now burrowing towards the United States, you know that at least wasn't a factor uh, for you guys this weekend. So you know, anytime you can have. Perfect uh, weather for a race weekend. It's always good, and and it provides the uh, the opportunity for for drivers to just focus solely on you know dry setup and uh, be getting better as the weekend goes along.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Just just as there was no issues with the weather, no issues on, on track at all, no major incidents. We didn't have any red flags. There were no flips. Really, no no uh, no major issues at all. Uh, the racing was absolutely tremendous. Uh, all, all told, you know, not the numbers they wanted. They had 52 drivers in total at the track. Um, essentially, it, it was single digits for all the categories. There was there was uh, four in Microswift, seven in Mini, uh, eight in K100 Junior. They had the uh, Seniors and the Masters together in K100 for a combined 11. Uh, there was seven in X30 Junior, six drivers in X30 Senior, and the Shifter class had nine in total. Cool to see the Masters drivers, of course, Ryan Kinnear and Vincent Cross are pretty quick. They were mixing it up <clears throat> up front with the guys in the senior shifter class, which is pretty cool to watch. Uh, but all in all, David, you and I have said this before. You, numbers breed numbers. It would have been great to have 80 to 100 drivers. There was so much racing going on. I talked to, to Mike Rawlison from Rawlison Performance Group. He wanted to get down there, uh, but just wasn't able to. He, he, they had the Rock Sonoma race, uh, Rock Rock Fest West, I believe, was the week two weeks before that. Then California Pro Car Challenge, as you mentioned, USPKS is coming up, and people just wanted a break. And it was just, you know, I think the, I think they probably would have got to eighty or hundred in the first race had it not been for the fact there's just so much racing going on right now.
1: Yeah. It's one of the reasons we don't see the, uh, the Robo 200 going on at Newcastle anymore. It was just, or seemed there was just too much of a, a racing calendar going on before and after the event. So obviously, you know, as we said, this, this season has been flipped upside down in terms of scheduling. So, you know, typically we don't see a lot of events in September and October, but, but this year we're seeing a, a lot of uh, programs hosting events. So so yeah i mean it, it scheduling has a big factor into it you know you got racers that were actually from texas coming up to race at the cup cards grand nationals so you know there's a lot of a lot of different factors into numbers you know and something we saw with the u.s road Tex grand nationals being at the same weekend as the rock cup fest in the in the west and so yeah it's just scheduling right now is is at a premium uh, and 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 just momentum so but as you said, it had the opportunity to be in the eighties to close to a hundred. Um, and, and so now it has that, that, uh, ability to grow for, for next year, you know, depending on, you know, again, scheduling and, and making sure it's, it's slotted in, in a weekend that the majority of the race teams and majority of the competitors can go and take advantage of.
0: Well, and that's the bottom line in, in talking to Alan, it was, you know what, we're doing this race regardless, even if we don't have some teams come, we're going to get the first race in the books we're going to get the brand started, the SuperNet shootout. It's working. Scuses gave them the entries. So those entries for the drivers that were able to win are going to be now moved on to the 2021 SuperNationals. So the bottom line is this race is in the books, and it's rolling forward. And, and uh, even with the just over 50 drivers that we had, there were some big-name uh, big drivers and big-name teams as well. And we'll talk about that when we come back, folks. After this uh, quick break, we're going to jump into the Paddock Pass. Top-level production with a focus on a single form of motorsports. Karting. This is MG Tires. MG Tires USA, underneath the Vantage Karting Group banner, is the official distributor of the MG Tires brand for the United States. MG Tires are the official spec tire in the United States Pro Kart Series, Route 66 Sprint Series, Sunshine State Karting Challenge, and countless clubs across the country. No matter your compound preference, MG Tires USA has you covered The 2020 season brings a new homologation period featuring new names for the same superior products whether it's the medium SH red the soft SM yellow the super soft green SS or the intermediate white IZ MG Tires USA has your winning set of rubber in stock indoor and outdoor rental facilities can now trust MG Tires with their solution for long lasting and the best performance, with three different compounds available through the RL line. For more info about MG Tires USA and its extensive list of dealers near you, check out their website at mgtiresusa.com. MG Tires for the drivers. Every winter, young drivers take the leap up to the next class. Whether it's micro to mini, mini to junior, or the big jump from junior into the senior ranks, it's tougher competition. If your son or daughter are moving up a class in 2020, give them exactly what they need to be ready, professional coaching from the most respected teacher in the sport. With over 30 years of karting experience, Alan Rudolph and his staff at the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy specialize in training young racers and accelerating their skills so that they're ready for the next challenge don't just invest in equipment invest in your driver bring them to the alan rudolph racing academy at speed sports racing park in houston and invest in their skill development get them ready to take on that next on track challenge better prepared than ever get ready for 2020 by calling the alan rudolph racing academy at 866-607-7223 head to speedsportsracingpark.com to learn more Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network in Episode 69 of our EKN Debrief. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, doing our review of the Supernat Shootout at Speed Sports Racing Park. This show brought to you by Acceleration Car Racing. Let's jump into the the paddock pass right now. Uh, And this paddock pass brought to you by AMAX Racing. AMAX Racing is an operation that is focused on driver development for carters of all ages. From top-level drivers to grassroots racers or families looking for a team that will help them achieve their goals, AMAX Racing can guide you with the absolute best trackside service at affordable prices. No matter the chassis, AMAX Racing welcomes you and has the experience to put you at the top of the podium. AMAX Racing, all of your karting needs under one tent. Um, David, I, I talked about the fact there were some big teams that were there. Of course, crosslink competition uh, is a you know the Texas stalwart, uh, Sean Owens. The whole crew is there. Uh, Mark French had had a number of drivers under his Full Gas Motorsports tent. Uh, but I think the big one was was uh, Mike and Alex Speed coming in with uh, Speed Concepts Racing. Obviously, the drivers they have top level guys, and they really raised the bar. Even though we had single digit numbers in all the categories, the racing was so good because the level of talent. We, we know what the level of talents like in Texas. You know, you put the you throw the berries in there. Um, so many great young drivers coming up through Alan Rudolph's Speed Sports Racing team as well. Right, they're coming through in micro and mini, and will be into into the junior categories next year. But to have Speed Concepts racing there, I think was huge in terms of not only having just the just the the pedigree of having such a big national team there but also the drivers they brought
1: to, the, to the, uh, the program. Yeah. Anytime you get multiple national race teams together, it, it helps elevate the the status. It helps elevate the the competition level. And, and that's, uh, you know, what you need to make a good event. You know, you look at numbers, you know, if you don't have the numbers, as long as the quality of competition is there, and as it's the teams you mentioned with Speed Concepts and Speed Sports and Crosslink Competition and even, uh, you know, CRG Nordam, uh was had had uh members there as well so uh, and then the uh, full gas motorsports as you mentioned too so yeah. lots of teams getting getting involved and, and and as you said uh there'll be more coming uh in the future for this event but uh it certainly helps uh get that competition level up there and, and challenges especially for those drivers who call uh, speed sports home to have drivers come in and uh and uh, compete against them, and try and to uh, to battle against some of the best that are in the country.
0: It's such an awesome racetrack, too. I know, David, you haven't been there yet. I'm assuming you'll get down there sooner or later. But uh, as a driver, as a guy announcing the race, calling the events, man, there are so many places to pass on this racetrack. And people have said that oh, it's tough to pass on. And I, I you know, you can pass in turn one. We saw passes in three, end of the long back straightaway in six. You do the hairpin six into seven. You can pass over under there. You can pass somebody. Somebody blocks. You can pass them in seven. Out of seven, it's a left-hander that leads into a double apex, eight, nine. You can pass into turn number eight. We've seen that happen. You come through nine. You can see guys potentially passing 10. 11's a left-hand hairpin. You can pass into the hairpin there. And coming out, then it's, uh, then it's 12's a right-hander. 13's a left-hander. Then into another hairpin, 14, the final, really the final passing opportunity on the racetrack. But, David, we saw passes. In every one of those corners, this is the first time Alan Rudolph has been able to design his own racetrack. It is physically demanding. It's nonstop because there's not much of a break other than the straightaway. And there are so many opportunities to overtake. It's just such a fun, fun place to to go to an event and to call an event because there's always action. I don't care what's going on. There's always action.
1: That's, that's key. You know, uh, having the multiple passing zones is, it helps produce good racing and, yeah. And when you can design something, you could think it's going to do something, but it might not. And, you know, that's we've true. seen that we've seen that with, with temporary circuits for sure. But, you know, when you permanently build something, uh, you know, it, it's hard to, uh, to really get a feel for it until you actually see carts on the racetrack. And, you know, that's, uh, that's the good thing about the, uh, the speed sports facility is it certainly provides, uh, the, that element to produce great
0: racing. We talked about full gas motorsports. One of the interesting things is we're in this paddock pass and kind of talking about stuff that's not actual the, – the, the actual wheel-to-wheel racing. Uh, after many years – well, I say – but since running it from the start, the IAMI 175 SSE SSC power plant, Jake French, and, of course, his dad and, and tuner Mark French from full gas – uh, Dave, they went to the TMKZ power plant for this race. And, um, you know, we're getting a handle. Mark was getting a handle with the tuning. It was a little fat in the first uh, the first heat race. They leaned it out a bit to the point where, I'll talk about what happened in the, in the race, but it, it leaned it out too much that on the opening lap it kind of popped and bogged on him a little bit. And that caused an incident between he and Austin, Austin Wilkins. But then they got things dialed in for the main event. But that's an interesting move. Obviously, Scuza opening up their shifter cart category to allow uh, the KZ power plants as well. And the French is jumping on board, and uh, and uh, Jake really liked it, so I thought that was an interesting kind of move for him to move to the KZ.
1: Yeah, the majority of the competitors that were in the Pro Shifter division had the still the IAmi one seventy five on at Newcastle for our our six rounds of racing at the yeah. summer festival. That was the marathon of all marathons for for the sport. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're probably gonna, and that's one thing I like to see is we're gonna see some 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 unique, uh, approaches to, uh, to the pro shifter category as we move into 2021, you know, now with KZ and the 175 racing together at the same time. So, you know, we're going to be going to different racetracks, mind you, uh, the tracks they have on the, on the schedule for 2021 have very long straightaways. So that's, that's going to factor into probably some, some decisions made going into uh, race weekends, but, True. uh, it's always good to understand, you know, the different uh, engine packages that are out there. Um, you know, French has had success with the rock package uh, challenge in the America's program uh, winning both weekends at Cal speed. Uh, you know, so he that's kind of helped elevate him as the uh, number one driver in our ECAN driver rankings for, for shifter cart racing along with what he uh, was able to do at the pro tour weekend. Uh, and, and then again, last year at the, at the super Nationals. So um, yeah, it's, You know, it's great to be uh, to be educated on all the different engine packages that are out there because it not only helps helps you uh, for the season, but kind of educates you as a driver, because that's the one thing about shifter engines. They all drive differently. You know, they all have a different power band. They all act differently. And and so you got to kind of adapt to uh, each of the power uh, plants that you do run. And so it's great. You know, what better time? To do a uh, you know a test run than uh, than a, an event like this.
0: One of the cool things on the weekend we talked about uh, Scott Ferguson from Ferguson Truck Centers kicking in the tw- the the, uh, the twenty thousand dollar initial purse ended up being fifteen thousand dollars. Every category getting money. Uh, also, Brash Racing stepped up and threw a bunch of money in for uh, I want to say two thousand dollars in total for pole uh, for the pole sitters uh, and qualifying. Uh, all the categories got money for pole. In the X30 Senior and the Senior Shifter, we ran a 20 minute hot pit session. So the, the, the pit was open, uh, 500 bucks up for grabs in that one. Shifter drivers were pretty lame; they just hung around. David, as you would expect, right till the till 10 minutes in, they went out and knocked their laps down, and we're done. Um, but we started with X30 Senior. They were, I think, the second category in the in the lineup, and it was actually pretty awesome because guys were going out, and knocking out great laps. Uh, Brandon Tyner had the fast lap. Uh, Luke Lang came back in. They wanted to make a change to the carburetor. So they made an adjustment on the carburetor, major adjustment on the carburetor. I'm not sure if they swapped carburetors or put a new or just made an adjustment. <clears throat> he goes back out and you know starts getting quicker, starts getting quicker. He's sixteen thousandths of a second slower. Next lap seventeen thousandths of a second faster to steal the top time away. And everybody was, you know, everybody was screaming on, on pit lane. It was awesome. And then Ryan Sheehan went out in this cross-link competition spree, and he got super close. I want to say he got to within at least 600 I think it was 69 thousandths of a second total he got to within 600 of a second <clears throat> but wasn't able to drop the hammer at the very end uh, the bottom line was so many people said hey we got to do more of this right we got to have this open hot pit session now, the, sh- the shifter guys didn't do anything what i had said to alan i go i go if you wanted just to spice it up a bit it would have been cool to to make them come onto the grid they had to do at least one run with uh a carryover set from practice or something like that you know get but, they, you know, they had they have to set their, their fast time on fresh tires, which they would anyways. But but they have to come on with fret, with the used tires first. That way they go out, dial the chassis in a bit and then put fresh rubber on and then go qualify. I think that would have be been cool. But the bottom line was people absolutely loved it.
1: So did so they so nobody used two new sets. So nobody, everybody yet, would...
0: nobody. that was a possibility. You could do right. it but nobody did it. Nobody put that, two, two, two cents
1: on. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Cause I obviously I didn't get to listen in on the, uh, at all during the weekend cause I was doing yeah. my own stuff, but yeah, yeah I, I find that interesting that, you know, we, we talked about, you know, Alan talked about, Hey, I, if I was a shifter guy, I would have scrubbed in my new tires uh, during that qualifying session just yeah. to, just to get it done with. But yeah, I, I do because if guys aren't doing that, then yeah, it's, it's, Hey, you have to start the session and at least make at least, you know, one, one lap on, on used tires and then then make a change just to kind of, you know, just to kind of make it busy to where they don't go out, make two laps and come back in. So, yeah,
0: Yeah,
1: I think that's one thing, you know, and that's maybe, you know, I know, I know it's, 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 it's tedious and expensive, but you know, the, the factory teams, you know, the KZ guys up over in Europe, you know, they have one cart here, they pull in, and they jump into the other cart and take off in that one. So, <laughs> you know, right, that, right. that could possibly be, you know, as long as everything's specced out and teched out. But, you know, it's it's just, yeah, there has to be, you know, when you provide an open pit like that, you got to you got to somehow throw a wrench in, you know, whether that's it's minimum said, laps or you have to put in a minimum lap time, you know, something like that. But yeah,
0: uh, exactly something something. To, something
1: to make it different and, and unique. Yeah, that's and it, you,
0: listen, people love it. They were people were like, "Yeah, we got to do more of this because it was fun." Obviously, you know, Tyner's got that time. Luke Lang goes out and drops it down. That it was, it was cool. You know, I, of course, everybody's looking at their live timing, right? And immediately when it hits, I, I scream it out on the PA. It was cool. It was uh, that's something I'd like to see more of because it was it was a lot of fun for sure, no uh, doubt. Okay, let's get into this deal. Let's go to another quick break in the action here, and when we get back, let's jump into the race report. Let's talk about uh, we'll go X thirty senior senior shifter. And Master Shifter and X-30 Jr. in the next uh, next segment. Stay with us, folks. More to come here on the EKN Radio Network. In Las Vegas this past November, at the Rock the Real finale and the Super Nationals. Formula K reigns supreme. Daniel Formal drove his leading-edge motorsports Formula K Evo 3 to wins in the biggest races of the year, proving the outright speed of the Formula K brand. And you can make Formula K your kart in 2020 by contacting your local dealer today. Atlanta Motorsports Park is the importer and distributor of the Formula K line, as well as the race-winning Praga chassis, and you can connect with your dealer through the AMP website. The new 2020 Formula K Monster Evo 3 is ready to ride and win. Complete with IP Karting's new STRV brake system. Follow in the footsteps of Formal and steer your own Formula K to victory lane. If a Praga is more your style, the Dragon Evo 2 is the perfect choice for single-speed competition. Bolt on your IAMI X30, Vortex Rock, or Rotax Max, and go out and win. Atlanta Motorsports Park has both Formula K and Praga chassis in stock to support new dealers, and they have previous year models in their inventory available for racers who are looking to get a winning chassis at a discount. Head to Motorsportspark.com slash karting to learn more about Formula K, Praga, and AMP's karting program. In 2020, PSL Karting will enter its 21st year of serving the North American karting community, and they're proud to be North America's importer and distributor for the legendary Burrell Art brand, having once again won Burrell Art's Distributor of the Year. PSL Karting is your source for all things Burrell Art providing this top quality product both through their expansive dealer network or through their own pslkarting.com online store. We have over 100 carts in stock at all times, including the new Charles Leclerc line of carts carrying the name of Ferrari's Formula One Pilot. PSL Karting can provide you with a Burrell Art, Ricardo, or Charles Leclerc turnkey package with an IAMI, Rotax, Rock, or Briggs power plant complete and ready to race. Whatever you need is available 24 7 at our online store, including parts and components, consumables like AMSOil, Motul, and Rotex XPS Engine Oil, and broom lubricants, Micron Data Acquisition Systems and UniPro, and driver safety gear from Bell, Arai, Freem, and Alpine Stars. Trackside, we're also the karting distributor for Bell Racing USA. Our race trailer is always stocked with Bell helmets and components. Arrive and drive programs, supported by PSL's experienced staff and in-house engine program, are available for all major U.S. and Canadian events. When you're ready to win, call PSL Karting or visit one of our dealers. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network, Episode 69, of the EKN Debrief. As we uh, review the uh, last weekend's running of the Supernat Shootout at Speed Sports Racing Park in New Caney, Texas. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. Now into the race report. This particular race report brought to you by Leading Edge Motorsports. Leading Edge Motorsports is the industry answer to winning in karting. At the helm is industry veteran Greg Bell, who has orchestrated the success of countless drivers dating back to the mid-1990s. Most recently, Greg and his Leading Edge Motorsports staff guided Danny Formal to victories at both the Rock the Rio and Supercart USA Supernationals in Las Vegas last November. Leading Edge Motorsports is the West Coast dealer and factory team for IP Karting, which manufactures the ultra-competitive Praga and Formula K chassis brands. Visit leadingedgemotorsports.com for more info or find them on Facebook and Instagram. At Leading Edge Motorsports, winning never gets old. All right, David, let's jump in and do a little bit of uh, reviewing here for you. X30 Senior, uh, six drivers in total. Uh, top three guys really battle it out. Fourth and fifth kind of fought uh, fought themselves. The headline for this one, though, Tyner and Lang face off for big money. Uh, we talked about qualifying Luke Lang for Speed Concepts Racing on the Red Speed. Uh, good friend, uh Abrain and Tyner, going back and forth. Uh, Lang quicker by seventeen ths of a second. Ryan Sheehan was right there. Top three drivers, Dave, was separated by just 69 thousandths of a second. I thought that we were going to have a, a good battle, but as you'll hear throughout this deal, Ryan Sheehan was just just a couple of tenths off all weekend long, Really was able to hang with him a little bit, but in the main event, just wasn't able to hang on.
1: Yeah, all Texas drivers, all drivers who are very familiar with the Speed Sports facility. So. Yeah. Yeah, you would expect to uh, to see all of them nose to tail throughout the weekend, and it looks looking at the results, it seemed to be that way throughout uh, throughout the weekend.
0: Yeah, Lang Lang essentially dominated the, the heat races. Actually, not so much dominated, but was able to get a little bit of a lead, and then and win all three heats to start on the pole. Uh, Tyner was second in two of the heat races. As I said, Ryan Sheehan kind of stepped things up uh, and was able to battle with Tyner in heat race number two and actually grabs, grabbed second. Uh, Riley Kane for uh, for. Comp, uh, crosslink competition on the expiry was fourth in all uh, in in the heat races and jeshua LNL uh it was on the burrell art for speed sports racing park ended up p5 in all the sessions as well uh main event really just a, lo- a week-long battle as i said with lang and tyner in the final man they went back and forth for the lead though uh tyner took the the, the lead david late in the race and luke lang just, just parked himself on the rear bumper and at that point Sheehan was back quite a way, so it was a two driver battle um and you know, anytime you see that, you know, Tyner and, and rather Lang, Lang have been so good all weekend, right? Qualified on pole, wins all the heat races. I'm sure he's just hanging there, right? He's just biding his time. So many passing opportunities at the racetrack, as I talked about. I was waiting for him to do it in six, didn't do it. I was waiting for him to try it in the, into the in, the in the hairpin over in turn eleven, didn't do it, and he couldn't get couldn't get it done um, in turn 14, which is the hairpin that leads you know then out of that corner, right hander 15 onto the straightaway to the checkered flag. He just couldn't get it done in the last lap. And I just, I was, it, it caught me off guard. I think I thought for sure he was going to at least make one, one aggressive move in the lead in the final circuit. And he didn't do it. Finished second. Tyner got the win.
1: Yeah. It, interesting scenario, you know, um, and it, I, again, tire scenario, were they all on new tires for the final?
0: Yeah. Everybody went fresh tires. On the, on the So,
1: final. you know, again, it could, you know, that, that had a, probably had a little bit to do with setup. You know, you've been using the same set of tires all through the heat races and and who made the right choice and uh, setup, but yeah, it seemed like it sounds like Lang was just right there, but uh, maybe Tyner just was able to put the cart in the right positions to to heed any type of uh, attempt by Lang to uh, to take over the position. Yeah. So, a you know, great performance by Tyner to uh, to hold Lang off and and made the decision to, to pass. You know, before the final lap, which sometimes works out in your favor, sometimes it doesn't, and this time it did.
0: Yeah, big money too. Two thousand bucks all total uh, was on if you won everything. Luke Lang got the five hundred for the pole, but fifteen hundred bucks went to uh, went to Brianne Tiner for that race win. They paid all the way down. At, I think the third in that race, uh, but yeah, so big for, for big for time. Just a great win too. You know those guys battling back and forth. One thing I'll say here, it was again it was a tune up for the Supernats. Supernats are you know t- around twenty five laps for the main events. They ran twenty four laps. <laughs> I talked to a couple of guys, especially the shifter class, like wow that's. Uh, we didn't have to run 24, <laughs> 20 would be enough. Like that's dude. 24 laps on that racetrack, physically demanding. And, and luckily for them, the temps were down, right? It was, I think it was 84 on Sunday. It could have been a hundred and that would have been tougher, uh, but it was 84 degrees and 24 laps is a long race uh, for both the seniors and the shifter guys.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's 21 minutes was, was there, was there total time on the racetrack and, and that's, you know, that, you can't complain about not having laps. That's the one no. thing about this Got event it. you could not complain about because, uh, you know, people always, you know, look at that uh, the entry per del- per lap. And and this obviously was one of them that had a very low uh, price per lap. So yeah. that's that's wow. something yeah. good that you want with events. And and again, you know, there, it's that, that balance of, you know. Some drivers like that long run. Being able to be consistent over 20 laps is something that's not easy to do. And uh both Tyner and Lang were able to do that and finish one, two.
0: And David, you'll like this uh one main event as well. Just
1: one main. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's very similar to the supernats format, you know, that thus the super NATS shootout, and that was something that that Rudolph had talked about in, in our previous discussions and and so it, it got you situated with, you know, the qualifying three heat races in your main event. And, and that's uh, it's typically a, a proper format for racing, I think. And when you have a, a one off event, certainly like this.
0: Yeah, I like it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the one race. That's for sure. Uh, let's move to the senior shifter, essentially pro shifter and master shifter combined. The headline. French dominates action for solid payday, just like uh, Bray and Tyner coming home with the big money, but he actually won the pole as well. French really dominated the day, uh, the, the weekend, David. He, he qualified on pole. Austin Wilkins was P2, both those drivers under the uh, the full gas motorsports tent. Ryan Kinnear was actually third overall uh, out of the nine drivers, uh, if, uh, top driver in Masters, and Vincent Cressard on the CRG with CRG Nordam. Uh, was fourth. So the two Masters drivers, third and fourth in the order. Greg Alvarez on a Burrell Art as well. Again, under uh, Mark French's full gas motorsports tent was cap uh, capping the Fast Five. In the heat races, French and Wilkins essentially were 1-2 in the in the first and third heat race. Kinnear was third in both of those as the top Masters driver. As I had said, that little issue with the jetting uh, in turn 11 on the opening lap, you know, French got the thing rotated back on power and it just, it just sh- Shut off, essentially, right? Because <laughs> he just had it too lean. And and uh, Wilkins had nowhere to go, so they collected each other. And by the time they got going, they were well, well back. Uh, French was able to get himself back up to P5, past a, a driver in the last lap, which helped him hold on to the pole for the main, which was, was crucial. Uh, but the bottom line is, is you know, you're, you're talking about the number one-ranked driver in the country, Jake French, on a track he knows uh, on the KZ that he really, really kind of got dialed in. It was an 8.7-second win for him. The battle actually came down, which was actually it was fun to watch. It was it was Wilkins going at it with Kinnear. And Kinnear's a Masters driver, I think he's thirty five. Um, they went at it pretty good back and forth. Wilkins finally got the spot, but then coming down the back straightaway into turn six, pulled off at the end of the straightaway. Something happened to the engine, literally a half a lap away from second, and he was out. Mm-hmm. So and that was seven hundred and fifty bucks too for, for for finishing in second spot. I believe it was seven seven fifty. Uh, so so of course you know. Uh, Kinnear rolls through uh, there's only seven drivers a couple drivers were already out um as they come across the line this is what this is where it got weird um Greg Alvarez was second he ends up having an issue, I think with his tires that moves Andy Cantu who was third he he was actually fourth on the racetrack Wilkins goes out Andy Cantu and the Burrell Art moves to third Alvarez gets moved out Cantu goes to second for 750 bucks Wilkins Ends up P3. I think he still got $500 for third because he ended up, he had, you know, he had, they had left one car, one of the carts, I think at that point. And, uh, Freddie Millen ended up fourth, uh, Landon Wilkins was fifth. And of course, Kadir getting the masters win over Cressard. It was, uh, it was a weird finish for sure. Uh, but you know, bottom line is money, big money out. All went to Jake French.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Final and, and weekend in the shifter car category. Uh, you know, French not being able to pull off the uh the sweep with uh, with the issue that you talked about in heat two, but uh coming away with the big bucks uh in the end and uh and obviously w- Wilkins having the issues, but uh and then Kinnear, you know, he's he's a fast masters driver. We've seen him Hell I mean, yeah. you know, we saw Jordan Musser race S, you know, pro Pro Shifter two yep. uh at the excuse the pro tour event on the opening weekend. And so we know, you know, him and Musser and and Kneer are essentially identical. You know, one's a little shorter and and uh, drinks a lot better than uh, the other one does. But uh, <laughs> but uh, wow. their their driving is very very similar. The pace they both have. You know, I mean, I think it's been like five years that they've been racing in the Masters category, and one or the other has been the champion. So uh, it. yeah. it's uh, Kinnear certainly has the ability to run with uh, with the pro guys for sure.
0: Hundred percent, yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, he got five hundred bucks. It was fi- it was a straight five hundred dollars prize. Two guys in the class, five hundred bucks. So kudos to to Alan Rudolph and, and, and Scott Ferguson for you know still kicking that cash out for the guys that were there. That that says a lot for this event, right? They were still paying out even though there's only two drivers. There was, a, there, was a, there was a different payout depending on how many guys were in each class. Uh, so I was happy to see that, and it's just going to set the, the bar moving forward for the Supernet shootout when they get back at it, I assume, in in, in October again of 2021. Uh, as we said, all the Supercars USA national categories. Let's move to X30 Jr., seven drivers in the class. The headline, wild finish, gives Jeffers run to checkered flag. Uh, Dave, Jack, uh, Jack Jeffers with Red Speed with Speed Concepts Racing qualified on pole. Noah Baker was second. Paul Bocuse was P3 in the qualifying run. Jace Park was, f- was fourth. Uh, so you had th- you know three of the Red Speed drivers there in the top four. Aiden Rudolph for Crosslink on the X was P five. Jeffers really dominated the action in the first two heat races. He was able to pull away uh, in the opening heat race. He beat Park with Bocuse in second, uh, and then the second heat race Baker actually moved to P two. He was he and Bocuse were battling, and Jeffers got that, that that heat race win. Baker then kind of turned things around in the third heat, was able to get that victory. Jeffers went back to second. Uh, Kleck in third. There was an issue with Paul Bocuse. He, uh, I think uh, some contact in the last lap, I think, dropped him to the tail. But in the race itself, uh, and I want to say they ran 20 laps, I think, for the X30 Juniors. Uh, it came, again, good battle up front. It was it was Bocuse, Jeffers. Uh, they were scrapping it out. Baker was back a little bit. Uh, but as Jeffers and Bocuse kept going back and forth, that brought Baker back into the fight. And uh, Jeffers finally – so Bocuse was kind of leading the last five laps. Jeffers able to get by at the end of the back straight with two laps to go. Next lap, Bocuse goes by Jeffers on the second last lap. So Bocuse goes back to the lead. Then Baker takes it away uh, from Bocuse at the end of the back straight on the final lap. So at that point, you know, let's corner six. You've got really eight eight corners still to go. Uh, Baker had the spot. Bocuse made a move, a, a little bit of a move to try it in the hairpin turn 11. They had contact and kind of hop Bocuse up there the air a bit, you know, that kind of contact that happens in a in – a, Slower corner like that. Uh, Bocuse then went for the lead, came back, went for the lead in the final hairpin, overshot it a little bit, and Jeffers got down to the inside. And he actually was the one that was able to come out of turn 15 with the lead. So I thought Jeffers was kind of out of it and it was going to be Bocuse or Baker. But when Bocuse made that deep move to try to get by Baker, it uh, just didn't quite, couldn't quite make it stick because there's a lot of room on the exit there, David. You'll see when you go there. The Even if, if you make a move to the inside, you, you carry the speed all the way out to the outside of the corner. A guy can do an over-under as long as he gets enough exit speed, the over-under will work. Otherwise, the outside run is still strong enough. But on this particular occasion with the contact between Bocuse and Baker, uh, Jeffers was the one that was able to come through and get the money.
1: And it's interesting to look at uh, these drivers because they've been racing together and against each other all year long.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, you got Jeffers and Bocuse that are under the same tent. Uh, Noah Baker's been a teammate, I think, of all of them at one point before yeah, that's right. So, so they all know each other. They're all friends off the racetrack and it's, and, it, and they're all from Texas. So it was a great, uh, great battle, uh, between very familiar foes. But, uh, certainly, uh, when you, when you ha- put all that into a, into a blender, you get, you get a great result and great, uh, exciting racing.
0: Yeah, Jeffers with the win. Bokush was second. Baker third. Uh, Rudolph is all by himself on the track in fourth, and uh, and Weinberg, Cameron Weinberg, ended up wrapping up the top five. All right, those are our first three categories. When we get back from this quick break, we'll do uh, KA 100 Senior, KA 100 Master, and KA 100 Junior, all air cooled KA. When we get back after this break, all over the karting world, everyone knows. OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK. From the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Expre chassis and the new for 2020 in the U.S., the Red Speed and the EOS, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Skuza Pro Tour and the Skuza Winter Series and the Pro Kart Challenge, and the United States Pro Kart Series and the WK Manufacturers Cup. And OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, Expree, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups can contact OTK directly. If you're searching for a program to elevate you up the motorsports ladder, Crosslink Competition is your next step. Crosslink Competition provides arrive and drive programs that include driver coaching, data analysis, and engine rental programs for all major events in the 2020 season. Team Crosslink is scheduled to compete at the Skuza Pro Tour, Rock Cup USA, and the United States Pro Kart Series events, as well as regional and local programs from their home base in Texas. Crosslink Competition is a full retail shop for the X-Free and OTK parts line. Many new and used packages are available right now through their Dallas headquarters. Drivers interested in making the jump from karting to cars, Crosslink provides a streamlined opportunity for you. Team Crosslink Kiwi Motorsports was the 2019 F4 United States Championship title winner, providing the perfect transition within the same operation. Drivers looking to compete with an elite level karting program or to pick up gently used team equipment are asked to call 214-432-4413. Be sure to follow all the team's social media platforms at Team Crosslink. Welcome back to the EKN Radio Network in episode 69 of the Debrief as we do a Deep dive, a review into the uh, Super Nats shootout that Alan Rudolph, the event he put on at Speed Sports Racing Park last weekend. Uh, we've got three categories already done here in the race report. Leading Edge Motorsports presenting our race report today. Uh, we'll, we'll look at KA100 Senior. And, and David, uh, we've seen this guy do it before, uh, and he's been really the kind of the strongest guy in KA100 Senior in, uh, in Texas. The headline, Osborne Delivers Perfect Performance to Cash In. Uh, bottom line is, for, for, for Osborne, swept every session. Like, literally, there was a little bit of battling early, but once they fought behind him, David, he was, Austin was on his game, walked away, qualified on pole, uh, ahead of Travis Wiley. Uh, Brooke Berry was actually second, the uh, the younger sister of John Berry. She was third, pardon me, Josiah Tracy fourth, and John Berry was fifth. But this, this was just the, the, the Austin Osborne we've seen many times before where he was absolutely perfect.
1: Well, now it's time for him to really retire, right? Because he talked about after winning the Pro Tour finale, he was going to retire. Uh, then he came back, and I think he raced the the Texas Sprint Racing Series. He won there at Speed Sports. So uh, so he's got three straight wins to to end 2020. So he, I, I really think he needs to retire now.
0: Well, see, I, I'm on the other way. I, he won 900 bucks. I told him he needs to buy a new chassis and shut the hell up. Right. Well,
1: uh, true. And now he has an entry for
0: Supernats next and year. And now he's got, exactly. So he, was complaining, so, that he, had, he yeah. was complaining that he was running the same chassis he ran last year. Austin's, Austin's a bit of a low budget racer. You know, doesn't have a lot of cash to throw new go-karts at things. And he was on a used chassis. He was on his, his 2019 chassis at the Summer Nationals. And, if, and we know if you're just a little bit off, the chassis is a little bit flexed out. Uh, but hey, he won, he won 900 bucks. That's, it. goes a long way to get a new chassis.
1: That's a new frame. That's a new frame. Get all the components off what you got That's now, it. and, and there you go. So, yeah, so he has no excuse now to race in 2021.
0: That's it. Austin's dad was lo- he was loving it because he had a couple of naps at you during the day. It was <laughs> – everything was – because they, they weren't doing a lot to the chassis either. It was like, bring it in. Everything's good. So he, he had, a, had a couple of naps under the tent, which I thought was solid. <laughs> if, we, if we go to the race, as I said, Osborne, Austin really just dominated the day, handled the day, handled the weekend, pulled away to a 6.5-second win. The fight behind them, though, was, was awesome because Brooke Berry's really turned things up. You know, they're running uh, essentially their own program. They run with Iron Rock Motorsports, but the Iron Rock guys were actually in uh, in Homestead at the F4 race. Uh, so they were kind of running their own program. Uh, but Brooke Berry and her brother John, he's gone just, gone off to college. He was off rac- back racing with them as well. And it was really this fight between Brookberry, John Berry, and Josiah Tracy. Uh, Tracy was one of the drivers who ran the K100 series last year in the Texas Pro Car Challenge when I was down at, at those events.
1: Mm-hmm. At
0: the start of the race, Brooke Berry and, and Josiah kind of pulled away, and they battled back and forth there. Brooke was super quick. Um, they fought for second for the majority of the race. Then John, the, the chassis kind of came in. You know, obviously, whatever he had for tire pressures. Um, they got to the temperature, and he just started reeling them in. They were battling. First, John got by Josiah. Then he was able to get by Brooke. Brooke tried to get right back by him. But then they were all together, and they weren't going anywhere. Uh, Brooke battled John in the final lap, and literally, she was she made a pretty uh, kind of a fifty percent attempt over in the hairpin of turn number eleven. She didn't throw it all the way in. She tried to get by on the inside, but just wasn't quite able to do it. She again had a little look in the final corner, wasn't quite able to make it get it done. But it was you know it was for them for the Barrys. Second and third, John was second, Brooke was third. Tracy ended up in fourth spot. Eric Sepulveda was battling at that with Clark Topi for the final position in the top five. Uh, Sepulveda got the fifth spot, but that battle for second, third, and fourth—the final spots on the podium—really, really fun to watch for sure.
1: Yeah, that's good. You know, when you when you have a driver that kind of drives away with the lead, you at least want to see a bit of a battle behind them. Right. So thankfully, yeah. they were able to provide that, and great to see uh, siblings going at it too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it, that, that was it, right? I, and, you know, I was I was wondering whether Brook would throw it in there, just like just absolutely just toss it in there to turn turn 11, you know, just get side to side contact. But, you know, probably better for the team that they were able to roll both carts back, <laughs> didn't have to come in on the loser cruiser at the end, right?
1: <laughs> the loser cruiser. <laughs>
0: loser cruiser. Uh, yeah, they didn't come in on the hook. Uh, the K100 Masters drivers, David, ran with the K100 Senior on track. And the headline here is, Mir dominates to score birthday win. It was actually Miguel Mir's birthday on Sunday. Uh and again, just like Austin Osborne, he dominated. He literally you know, walked away. There was they did a split start by maybe two or three rows coming to the line, same green flag. Uh, and quickly Mir was able to kind of hook up with the guys at the tail end of the senior category. He would eventually fade off a little bit, but he won all five sessions. Uh James Lundberg was second in qualifying in the Burrell Arts. Uh, David Pergande on uh, the Tony cart was wrenching by himself. He was uh, he was P3, and Doug Foxworth was fourth. And that's kind of the way they ran throughout the entire weekend. Mir won all the three heat races. Pergande was second in the first two and ended up finishing fourth in the last one. In the end, uh, Miguel Mir walked away to the win. Lundberg and Foxworth were actually battling it out for second to third. Per- Pergande actually took the lead in the opening lap because he was able to get a good jump uh, at the start and then had an issue coming on the opening lap coming on the, the final hairpin. I think he dropped at least two wheels off and everybody went by. So he was back and forth. Foxworth and Lundberg were battling for second. Foxworth eventually went out with, I think, eight laps in. Uh, And at that point, the race was over. Mir was gone. Lundberg was second. Pergani ended up P3.
1: Softshell got... uh Dropped a couple yeah. of wheels, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But the funny, and again, of course, he comes out out of fourteen and just shaking his head. Yeah, did you I, know, why did, it, I just, it, why did I just? Do?
1: We've all been there. I was there this weekend. You've been there before. It's just, yeah, it sucks. But I don't know it, that I
0: drive off by myself as much as you do, though.
1: Wow. Okay. You, well, you do it a lot. it, it is it was, it At
0: least I think you did it three times that day. That time you ran out in, in Phoenix at the Challenge of the Americas weekend on the, on the on the Briggs. I think you drove off three times that weekend by yourself. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> anyway Fine.
1: great yeah, uh I <laughs> great job by mir obviously had the uh the better pace all weekend long and yeah. and uh probably was just gonna wait his wait his time behind although mir likes to lead he watching does. him at the oh, uh yeah. at the yeah. uh pro tour event the second weekend when he showed up uh he likes to lead he doesn't like to sit back behind somebody so uh it would have been it could have been a good battle, but uh, but obviously, Mir had the pace all weekend long.
0: How about the challenger he's going to have under the Crosslink competition tent at the upcoming USPKS race? You heard? I tell you about that?
1: Uh, no, you did not say that.
0: Sean Owens coming back out of retirement. The team, the uh, team manager for Crosslink competition is going to race masters at uh, at the USPKS race.
1: Well, that'll be interesting.
0: And guess who's going to wrench for him?
1: Well, there's his dad.
0: Mark French,
1: ah, there you go.
0: <laughs> it'll be a little Texas two-step there. I think it'll be fun. So yeah, I guess Owens Owens went and ran a race at TKC. I think one of the club races or something like that, and and uh, felt really good. Got back into it, and so it'll be it'll be a couple of quick uh, Masters drivers uh, at the uh, the USBKS race at the Crosslink Competition Tech. Well, that,
1: that I mean that category is fun to watch. Yes, but uh, you, yeah. you throw you throw Sean Owens in there as the uh, as the wild card. Uh, Scott should,
0: Roberts, Scotty Cobb, David Gallowina. Man, that's going to yeah. lined up pretty solid.
1: It's going to be a so good yeah. weekend there. Yep.
0: Yeah, you're going to enjoy that for sure. Uh, let's cap off this particular segment with KA100 Jr. And the headline, Baker runs unchallenged to victory. Uh, Noah Baker qualified on pole to get the money there. I want to say it was $150 for pole for Noah there. Cameron Weinberg was second quick. Uh, Cole Kleck was third. Peyton Phillips was fourth. And Jake Faulkner was fifth. Um, there was some really good racing. Uh, Baker won the opening heat race over Kleck. Uh, then Phillips came back and won heat race number two. Baker had an, uh, Baker finished second in that one. that was a really good battle in that heat race. Baker came back again and won the third heat race as well. Weinberg, I believe, was second. Phillips was third, Cleck fourth, and Faulkner fifth. Uh, the main event though, uh, and this I, I was almost I was almost mad. I was getting kind of annoyed. Baker gets out into the lead, David, you know, 1.2, 1.3 seconds. And essentially Weinberg, Phillips, and Kleck line up, right? They're second, third, and fourth. They're they're slowly reeling them in. And and Weinberg ended up going – he was leading for the first couple laps. Then he went back to third. So Phillips and Kleck were up front. Phillips is up front. He goes purple. Like lap five, he's purple. They're literally closing up on Baker. And Kleck makes the move to go by him. They lose three tenths. (laughs) They get lined up again. Kleck goes purple. They're starting to slowly, you know, a tenth at a time, two tenths at a time, closing back up on Baker. Then Phillips goes back by again. They eventually just started racing each other. And at one point, late in the going, it looked like they finally were going to, you know, we're, were going to line up. I want to say Phillips was leading and Kleck was second, but they they literally ran out. It was just too little, too late. They ran out of time. Instead of going to try to catch the leader, they fought. They fought each other for the entire. I think it was 18 laps uh, for the for the main. It, it was driving me crazy. I was getting pissed off.
1: Racecraft, racecraft, racecraft. Oh, dude, I is.
0: was just, I was frustrated. I'm like, guys, you guys are so fast right now, and and like you know Phillips would go by and tap the back of his helmet. Cleck would go by and like, hey, what are do you doing? Why are you passing me? What <laughs> they they both should have just lined up because they were both they were both fast enough to catch up catch up to Baker.
1: Yeah, it's, it's part crazy. it's part of the situation. Who was uh, who was Weinberg racing with? Because typically he's with the uh, team Nitro cart and they had their whole uh, gaggle of. Of uh, team members at uh, the cup carts race, who was a uh, yeah? Warren they were racing? they
0: were both on the Cameron and Carson were both on Tony carts with Super Tune, I believe that weekend. Okay, I think um, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I know they were on Tony carts that weekend. I think I think it was with Super Tune. Uh, anyways, it was a 2.2 second win for Baker. He gets the victory because literally he just ran by himself the entire race the guys back never got lined up. Cleck ended up in second, Phillips in third. They, of course, battled it out of the final lap. Uh, Weinberg was there, but not, you know, not in the fight to a certain extent. He ended up finishing fourth, and and Faulkner, uh, Jake Faulkner on the Burrell Art for Speed Sports was fifth in all in all the sessions. So he ended up P five to wrap things up. It was, again, I was frustrated, but the bottom line is Noah Baker was not. <laughs> he was pretty happy. He walked away with the cash uh, after qualifying on the pole, so he was the winner in KA one hundred Junior. And folks, when we get back after this uh, this break. Uh, We're going to wrap things up on the race report presented by Leading Edge Motorsports with Mini Swift and Micro Swift. Feel like you're racing alongside the many legends that have called CRG home. With direct factory support, the CRG Nordam operation is the North American distributor for all CRG products related to karting and is based just outside Houston, Texas. The complete racing chassis line, including the famous Road Rebel shifter kart, is available through CRG Nordam. The growing FS4 Briggs Stratton-focused chassis is expanding worldwide, including right here in North America. Many tracks, indoor and outdoor, have made the switch to the Centurion rental cart line through CRG. New for the 2020 season is the mini-hero for cadet racing, homologated for FIA competitions around the world. Head over to kartcrg.com or find them on all social media networks. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history in motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level and track programs to traveling regional series and national events briggs and stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing every briggs 206 engine is power tested and serialized before it goes in the box carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of the race day to learn more about the 206 engine and to find a North American dealer near you, head to BriggsRacing.com. Briggs & Stratton Racing, what powers you? Welcome back to the ECAN Radio Network. Let's wrap up our race report here of our debrief of the Supernat shootout at Speed Sports Racing Park. Up into Mini-Swift, the headline, thrilling last lap battle goes to Davis Cunningham. Qualifying Cunningham on the pole, Austin Roy second, Reagan Seville third. All those drivers on the Speed Sports Borel Art Machines. Uh, Santiago Duran was right in the fight there in P4, and and Diego Guiat ended up in the fifth spot. Cunningham won the first heat race. Roy won the second. Seville won the third. So, David, there was a lot of racing up front. They were going back and forth, everybody making good moves. The mini-Swift class, always fun to watch. You and I really enjoy it, and the the racing was tremendous. In the main event, things got a little crazy, though, which was tough. Uh, Battling on the opening lap, uh, Carson Weinberg and Landon Skinner uh, end up getting together in turn number nine. They went off. Skinner was done right there. Weinberg did one more lap and he was done. Austin Roy goes to the lead. He's coming out of the hairpin turn six over to turn seven and the bolts shear off on his I want to say it was his right rear. His wheel goes flying. He's done. So literally we've got a couple drivers that would definitely have battled for the for the podium out of the race already. So I've, I've essentially left Cunningham and Seville to fight it out for the win. Uh, Reagan Seville, I, I, I thought he was going to pull, the, he'd be able to pull it out. He led with two to go down the back straightaway, but Cunningham finally made the move uh, into the breaking zone. I wonder, what, would it be too early, right? Is, is it too early to make the move right now? Because there's so many places to pass. And indeed, Seville stayed right with him, retook the lead over in turn number seven. Um, but Cunningham took it back in turn 11, the hairpin. Seville went for it in turn 14, went too deep, like you know, threw it to the inside, just went pushed too deep. And Cunningham... Very, very calm, very poised, the basic over under, able to beat him back to the flag to win the $500 first place prize.
1: Well, you know, looking, if you would, if you would have stopped before you talked about the main event, you look at all four different, diff, four different names at the top of the charts after qualifying and the three yeah. heat races. So you knew the main event was going to be crazy, but, uh, it certainly lived up to that hype uh, with a, with a wild and crazy, uh, uh, main event for, uh, for the win going to, uh, to Cunningham, uh, Again, local drivers mixed in with with some uh, some national names. Uh, great racing overall.
0: Yeah, Davis. I think I'll be moving up to the junior category next year, probably KA one hundred Junior. But David, you know, it's, it was just one of those typical mini swift races that we like. Right, every time down the straightaway, someone else is making a move to the inside <laughs> of turn number six, and they were sometimes the guy tried to come with them. It's such a cool corner because you come you can hang around the outside of six and have that inside line for seven. So if you don't get the pass done correctly. That's the great thing about that, that corner, 11 and 14, those those hairpins, because if you don't get it done just right, the driver's going to be able to come back, either defend or do the over-under on you again. That's This this track is just designed so well. All right, let's go into micro. Uh, the headline, Klein emerges to walk away in final. Uh, I expected to see another good battle here as well. Um, Bobby Klein, Gage McNellis, and Jackson Baldus were all very close. Baldus maybe just a touch off. Klein qualifies on the pole. McNellis wins the heat race. Klein was second. Baldus was third. Baldus was right there, uh, though. He actually, I want to say he led for a time in the first heat race. In the second heat race, they, whatever Baldess, they did to Baldus's car, it wasn't just wasn't there. Klein ended up winning that one. He and McNellis pulled away. In the third heat race, Baldus was closer again. McNellis came back for the race win. And uh, I expected, David, based on similar to my mini-swift, I expected with the what we saw in the heat races, it was going to be a 16-lap battle uh, to see who was going to get the win. It just didn't happen that way. Klein literally took the lead and flat pulled away. It was impressive.
1: Well, a great performance by him. Yeah, and again, you know, you just don't quite know what's going to happen with with micro drivers. They're still at that age where you know one session they're um, they're on it, they're hitting every marks, and That's then the next the next could just be you know oh, one error there, one error there. So it just you know, it's uh, it's it's always exciting to watch the micro, but uh, a great performance by Klein. Uh, Baldus and Henry are, what, third, fourth-generation carters now?
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, isn't that cool to see them there? They're both on the Formula K chassis, so great to have them come down to run again. Like you said, one of the one of the legendary families in American carding, the Baldus family. Uh, but, yeah, for Klein, pretty impressive for him to walk away. McNellis ended up finishing second, Baldus third, and Henry kept getting quicker and quicker throughout the weekend. He ended up P4. I will say this, David. Micro Swift was the first category in the lineup, and when we went to wheel-to-wheel racing for the first time after qualifying on Saturday, uh, they put on a show. And it was, I don't, they just—they were going back and forth, great passes. McNeilus led, Klein led, Baldus led, and when that race was done, I made sure to say to the paddock guys, "These Micro Swifts just set the bar because it was super close racing, no contact." And it was just awesome to watch. And we get, we see that a lot on, on, even in the national events we go to where the micros put on a great show, but they really started thing off on a, things off on a high note on Saturday.
1: Well, that's good. That's what you want. That's uh, typically what, you know, what you want when you put the first class out on the racetrack, Uh good racing to uh clean racing, obviously good starts to begin with and uh, kind of set the tone for the rest of the weekend. And, and it sounds like it did because as you said earlier, you know, no uh, no, no major incidents, no red flags, no flips. So uh, it seemed to be overall a great uh, a racing weekend.
0: And that wraps things up for the race report brought to you by Leading Edge Motorsports. When we come back after this short break, we're going to wrap things up here on the EKN Debrief. Winning takes top quality equipment, flawless preparation, experienced coaching and passion. And at Team GFC... We live our passion. Team GFC is focused on 2020, and we're set to make our debut at the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour in the East and return for more victories at the Challenge of the Americas in the West. We have arrive-and-drive packages available for all categories, including the mini and micro classes utilizing our all-new GFC RR5 Cadet Chassis, which made its debut at the Scusa Super Nationals. Join Gary Carlton and his passionate team in either of these popular winter programs to kick off the 2020 season on a winning note. Team GFC is extremely excited about launching its new Team GFC Young Driver Development Program. Learn from one of the best American carters with over 25 years racing at the highest levels of the sport, offering personalized training on and off the track. Follow GFC Karting on Facebook and Instagram or click over to gfccarting.com to learn more about joining Team GFC in 2020. GFC, live your passion. There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment: Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track and their karting lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT Karting Helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual density interior foam lining, and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger Carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The perfect youth helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curver Rib Protector is unlike any on the market, with its form-fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to StiloHelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo. Any competition, one helmet. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, as we uh, do our review of the Supernat Shootout from Speed Sports Racing Park last weekend, October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th in Houston, Texas. Uh, Just to wrap things up, really, the bottom line is it was a fun weekend all around. Everybody had a great time. Uh, The racing was tremendous, despite having the short fields we talked about. And I know that everybody there, everybody I was talking to, really looking forward to seeing this event grow and to attract more drivers from outside of Texas. You know, it, it's interesting, David. Obviously, Texas karting is always super strong. And the 25 years I've been doing this, every program I've done, there's always been a strong group from Texas that runs up front. And, uh, you know, we see it uh, even now on the national level. Uh, all the drivers that come up from Texas in any category. Uh, there's always just great drivers down in Texas. I think part of that's, Some of the racetracks. You know, we we've talked about how great Denton, Texas is and how it teaches drivers. It's a small, old school, kind of, you know, shorter, tighter racetrack that really teaches young drivers. There's a it's an interesting thing about speed sports. The the people that are at this racetrack and everybody that was there, they take a lot of pride in that track. They they really want people to come and try speed sports. You know, it's 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 one of the things, Texas pride, right? They want people to come down, the hospitality's there, but they really want people to come and try this track. It's that good.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, that that that's kind of what you want across in different regions of the country. You know, there's there's many facilities that uh, it's just it just it just brings people there. You know what I mean? You know, we have the Newcastle in Indiana. We have GoPro in, in North Carolina, uh, you know, it's just just these these the center of racing and of karting. In, in an area. And it seems like speed sports is, is building to be that, uh, in the, in the Texas area, especially obviously in Houston, uh, being, being a, a lar- large, uh, metropolitan area. Uh, you know, I can't wait to, uh, to be able to go down there to, uh, to see the facility firsthand, because again, pictures obviously don't do it justice. Um, like we like we know with a lot of other uh facilities that we go to yeah, you gotta be there gotta and be there. uh and again just to be able to watch you know that's you know looking forward to going back to Gopro next weekend you know uh, uh, that's another place where you just get great racing and it and it seems that uh speed sports is is one of those tracks as well
0: and I'll wrap with this, this is really into as I drove in there, because it's up off the highway, you're rolling up on the on the highway there, coming out of out of Houston, and then you get off, and it's not very far off the highway at all. Big big signs out, you know, big billboards out for the track. I, I literally came around the corner and I and I almost drove by the track. I was I actually brought John Wiegand in with me, uh, who did the tech for the event. Xander Clemens was actually we'll talk about Xander Clemens as well before we cap off. He was the race director. Um, we went, <laughs> you know, I, I almost missed it because they, they there's so much stuff that's been happening around that area. The place where the racetrack is, you kind of drive into the racetrack, the track is surrounded by other roads and there's all, all these uh, plots of land that are going to be hotels. One of the hotels is already built, built right across the track is a uh, is a water park. We talk about trying to get the sport to new people. There's literally going to be hotels all around the racetrack and restaurants and everything all around this particular racetrack. And, of course, they have the full separate rental track there as well that is bringing people over. They're taking Allen's courses at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy, and they're becoming racers of in the club as well. This uh, this track, and again, as you mentioned, Houston such a, a large a metropolitan area. one of top five is it's the fifth largest city in the country, something like that. Um, there's an opportunity to really grow karting as more people come out to that particular area, it's outside the city a little bit, but it's not, it's only 50, I think it was 15 minutes away from the airport. So there's a lot of potential at speed sports in the next couple of, couple of years.
1: Yeah. Just like Newcastle is along a highway, you know, that visibility, you know, that's yep. something that, uh, that certainly helps racetracks. Those that are out in the middle of nowhere, you know, they're, they're, they're great places to go, but it doesn't get the just random walker or buys, you know what I mean? Like, like you would, you know, a shop that's downtown, you know, something like that. So that's, uh, that certainly has, uh, that's on the side of speed sports. And as you said, having that rental cart separate or rental cart track separate from the actual racetrack, you have people who can come see what it's about, you know, go out in rental carts and still be able to watch, you know, actual professional racing going on.
0: That's I watched a lot of people, David, that were on the rental car tracks when they were done, walk over to the fence. Cause you literally just walk right from where you get in the rental carts, where you park them before and after your session. It's about, you know, it's a 10 or 15 yard walk across to the fence and you're watching start the front, the front straightaway. Like it's that close. So it's uh, it's a really, really cool deal for sure. Uh, and yeah, let's let's cap off. And uh, as I said, uh, Xander Clements, who's uh, we've he's been part of our EKN radio network. He's uh, worked uh, EKN live races as an announcer, uh, tremendous announcer. Uh, does a lot of coaching as well has been getting into some social media work and some video work as well. He was a race director for the weekend. I'll tell you this, based on what I heard on the radio, being up in timing and scoring, uh, did an absolutely tremendous job. You know, I didn't hear any any uh, any negatives about it. He made a couple of hard, hardcore calls he had to make for for drivers that make, made mistakes on the racetrack. But, man, did a pretty good job, multi-talented. Xander did an awesome job.
1: Yeah, he's done race directing at uh, Atlanta Motorsports Park. Yeah. He's done it at GoPro Motorplex, down at AMR Homestead, Miami Motorplex, Presented by mg tires uh he's he's been assisting with uh uspks as well uh over the opening two events and so i'm sure he'll and he'll be at uh, a gopro next weekend as well for for their finale so uh and yeah he still, races. Mul- he still races still David. races yes so That's he mul- me, right? he is a multi person in the karting industry for sure
0: well what, and what he mentioned in the driver's meeting which which i like was he to- told people i, I I'm a, i've been an announcer I'm a coach, I, and I still race, right? So he has that perspective, I think, that people obviously can respect because one weekend he's racing, one weekend he's doing this. So he still has that perspective as a driver. I thought he did a great job. I just wanted to bring that up. Um, Constructors' Championship. We always do this at the end of every debrief. Uh, Burrell Art with three wins, uh, of course, Mini and Micro, and then the Shifter Cart category. Tony Cart with three wins. Red Speed with one. Expre with one. And Ricardo getting the victory with Ryan uh, Kinnear in the master shifter class as well. So a good spread, five different chassis working their way to the top of the box. Let's cap things off with a look at the EKN Trackside Live race calendar for 2020. We'll tell you what events we're heading to in the next couple of months. So this one's actually going to be a lot shorter. <laughs> this Trackside Live race calendar brought to you by Rawlison Performance Group. At the Rawlison Performance Group, we strive for ultimate success. We're more than just an arrive and drive race team with countless wins on the national regional level. Our focus is on complete driver development, and that's where the success is fueled. We combine one-on-one coaching, on-track instruction, and intensive data debriefing with unparalleled cart and engine prep. Our program will help you raise your game, and we will take you to the next level. If that's your goal, RPG needs to be your next move. All right, David. Let's cap this thing off with uh, Ek and Trackside Live Race Calendar. We're talking October. You and I would normally say, "Hey, we're going here, we're going here," but of course, we're going to the Supernats in November. That's not going to happen. For the first time in uh, in 24 years, uh, we're not going to be going to the Super Nationals this year, which is really surreal to me. I've got a call I'm working on that I'll get out, out uh, on the uh, website soon. We, you still have a race though. You got a uh, where are we? We're the October 7th. You're just over 10 days away, week and a half away. Heading back to GoPro Motorplex.
1: Yes, as we mentioned probably multiple times during the show, (laughs) uh, the USPKS program is going to be wrapping up their 2020 schedule in October for the first time. Uh, Obviously, due to the COVID-19 pandemic that shifted the schedule. Uh, The finale is set for October 16th through the 18th at Mooresville, North Carolina at the GoPro Motorplex. Uh, Should be uh, an interesting two final rounds of the, uh, of the championship of, I think majority of the categories are up for grabs still. I think masters is the only one really that is, it is almost out of reach. Uh, But all the other, all the other categories are uh, probably going to go down to the wire. And uh, it'll be interesting because GoPro has been on the, on the calendar for all eight years of the USPKS program. And it, it it was the, the opener for a majority of those years. This now is going to be the first time it'll be the finale. Um, so we'll get a lot of the uh, the championships decided on Sunday, along with the championship prizes handed out uh, Sunday afternoon. Uh, so it should be a fun and exciting weekend in Mooresville.
0: Everybody loves going to GoPro. So what do you think? Big numbers?
1: Well, yeah, you have the local contingent that are going to help yeah. boost the numbers. You got the, uh, you know, again, as we said, I think Road America was the fourth largest event in the eight-year history. You know, coming off the uh, the largest event ever at Newcastle uh, in the month of July, so uh, I would say it has the opportunity to be one of the top five largest events of the of the program. So uh, it's just a matter of how many of the uh, the local contingents going to show up and race. Uh, You know, and again, a lot of the uh, the teams that are coming there, as you said. Uh competition is going to be there, some Performance Group, speed, speed concepts, you know, all the you know, speed uh speed sports, their race team will be there as well. So you know, Iron Rock Motorsports, all the all the Franklin, Kart sport, you know, all the major teams are gonna be there again. It's uh it's just up to the uh how much of the local uh contingents gonna show up and uh, defend their home turf because that's that's, that's one thing that uh we know of the locals do very well at the GoPro motorplex it's only really one racetrack that 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 they race year round and uh and so it should be an interesting exciting weekend again being in october normally when we're there during the openers in say march or april we get rain i'm gonna say we're gonna see a little bit of precipitation in october this time
0: well one of the things a last little comment here i think it'll be interesting with the super nationals being canceled for this year and of course moved now into 2021 there could be some Miami drivers that had some budget, right? They had some money and set aside. I'm going to the Supernats. This X amount of money I'm going to spend. Well, all of a sudden, this, this is going to be the last race of the year. It may, it may pull some people off the sidelines who weren't going to go racing at, at, at this, this USPKS race, but may say, you know what? I want one more race to cap off the season. We may see some, some big numbers. Yeah,
1: sure. maybe we'll see some drivers from as far as California and the Pacific yeah. Northwest. Who knows? I mean, we, we already do get racers from there. But uh, we'll we'll see what uh, what what happens when we get uh, when we get there next weekend.
0: All right, folks, let's uh, wrap this thing up. Thanks for joining us uh, for episode sixty nine of the EKN debrief. We were able to do a deep dive into the review of the Supernat Shootout at Speed Sports Racing Park, the inaugural running of this event, and again, all the winners taking home tickets, entry packages to go to the Supernats in twenty twenty one, fifteen thousand dollars in cash. Actually, I think it was end up being seventeen thousand dollars in cash, two thousand for the poll, uh, for pole qualifying, and then 15000 for just where you finished on the track as well. So a lot of money up for grabs. Kudos to everyone from Speed Sports Racing Park. I know Alan Rudolph put a lot of time into getting this thing going. Was talking to a lot of team owners. Uh, hope to get more drivers, and hopefully they'll, we'll see this thing grow in 2021. We do appreciate you tuning in to this edition of The Debrief. Thank you so much, folks. On behalf of David Cole, my name is Rob Howden. Bye for now.